Welcome in to the Thursday edition of the Now Mars in Scorpio Fun Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller with Mars in his own Scorpio. That's right, it is. Welcome in. We're going to talk all about that. And then tonight, the only other thing in the sky today that's going on is that at 822, the moon enters Libra. That sets us up for the Saturday eclipse. And there's a four-hour, 12-minute void, of course, ahead of that ingress into Libra. Let's talk about this eclipse some. We have today and tomorrow, and also I'm going to do some videos. I'm just not sure when relative to when you're hearing this, but just check the Fun Astrology YouTube channel or the TikTok channel or the Instagram channel, and I'll have some videos posted on all of this. So with what we've talked about last week and this, what do we know about the bones of this eclipse chart? Well, one thing we know is that Mars is separating from the south node. And Mars has entered its own sign, its original ancient sign of Scorpio. We'll interpret in a moment. I just, let's get this down, but that's one thing we know. And we also know what Mars crossing over the south node caused. And I would say that my observation is that people are still kind of losing their oats. At least they were up to yesterday when Mars was at that 29 degree mark. So if you needed to walk on eggshells, it was a good time to just do it. You're on your high timeline. Not everybody else is on theirs. But as of this morning, now Mars has changed flavors. So we have to observe now to see what Mars in Scorpio during this transit is going to be like. Another thing we know is that Saturn is slowing down. It turns direct on November 4th. We also know this eclipse chart is a Capricorn rising chart. So Saturn is the ruler of this eclipse. We also know this is a new moon, so the structure of this eclipse is that the luminaries are together. So in essence, figuratively speaking, the body and soul are together as one. Hence the idea of the new beginnings, the merging together of the life force, if you will, to create. So those are, if you will, some of the presumptions that we know. Now let's dig a little deeper. So the spotlight is shining on the 10th house for this eclipse. Mercury, Sun, Moon, South Node, Midheaven, and Mars, all in the 10th house in the equal house system. Now, we should stop here and say, what chart am I looking at? I have mine set to 1.54 p.m. Asheville, North Carolina, on Saturday the 14th. If you are in the bandwidth of the eclipse itself, you absolutely should be checking timeanddate.com or earthsky.com, one of those, to make sure you have the right time for your area. But a lot of you in the western part of the United States will be able to see it, and those websites will have the map. Another good website that I found we're going to refer to here in a minute is eclipsewise.com. Eclipsewise, like an owl, .com. But the reason I was mentioning that exact time now relative to the chart that I'm looking at is that Mars and the Midheaven are at exactly the same degree, one degree Scorpio. That is huge. The Midheaven being the radiant essence of this eclipse. We'll see how Mars is going to behave in Scorpio, especially since you have the two malefics in key positions, Saturn, the rising sign, Mars right on the Midheaven. And interestingly, Jupiter, the great benefic, does not have any Ptolemaic aspects. Venus has a couple, but Jupiter does not. So the dominant tilt here is toward the malefics. 
They are high profile in this chart, and the benefics are not so much. Now, Venus is opposite Saturn, but Venus is in Virgo, where it's grumpy. Saturn's not so tickled in Pisces, either. All right, some more structure here. Pluto is squaring all that 10th house action from the first house, where it is now direct, obviously, since Tuesday, and is moving off of that 27-degree mark, where it hit four times in the United States' great Pluto return. Well, now all of this action from Mars to Mercury, all of it, is square to Pluto. And Pluto is still in that trine to Uranus. So the surprise factor has not diminished. We mentioned Saturn ruling this eclipse. It rules it from the second house of money and possessions. And I mentioned it was aspecting Mars. It's a trine to Mars and the Midheaven. That's a water trine, Pisces to Scorpio. And then if you broaden out a little bit over into Libra, you could also bring in the south node and a very wide trine to the sun and the moon. That one's stretching it. It is stretching it, but I'll just mention it as an outside option if you want to go that far. It's about 9 degrees. I know this is getting heady. That's why I'm going to do some videos. Also, the sun and the moon will be in the Gemini decanate of Libra. That means the divided sign. Now, the other part I wanted to lay down today, maybe we'll just focus on it tomorrow, is the Saros cycle. Have you been hearing about that related to this eclipse? I started hearing it just synchronistically oh, about two weeks ago, and on one day I heard it three times. So I perked up related to looking at the Saros cycles on this. Bernadette Brady wrote about this in the 1990s. NASA, this is astronomical, but also has been applied to astrology, particularly by Bernadette Brady, but very oversimplified here. It's a complex study, but oversimplified it is that every about 18 years, the geometry of an eclipse is the same. It repeats. Then these are grouped into cycles, and then you can go back and see what happened in that cycle. But we'll go into more detail on this tomorrow. But I think this is also an important part of this. So just to complete this, here are some of the things that have happened the last time this Saros cycle produced an eclipse. 1915, one year after World War I. 1933, toward the head of the Great Depression. 1951, 15 months after the Korean War began. 1969, that was Nixon's first term, the Vietnam War, of course, being protested. Woodstock, the moon landing, that was 19... Oh, Sesame Street debuted in 1969, too, by the way. 1987, three weeks before the market crash. And the last one was 2005, just a couple of years, year and a half away from the Great Recession. So that's the complexion and the severity of this eclipse, and that's why we definitely want to be aware and we'll have to be watching because, of course, this could unfold over months, weeks, months, and a long time down the road. It's like this one does not go away. It's here for a while. Back tomorrow, we'll talk about this Saro cycle and a couple of other points that we didn't cover today. Have a great day. I love you, and I'll see you back tomorrow.